Hello again, this is your friendly neighborhood host, J.T. Wheatley, back for another episode of the History Comics Podcast, this time with the life of Ezra Clyde Jackson. One of the ways to examine his progress throughout history is how one generation is treated from the next. A prime example is Ezra Clyde Jackson, a talented comic book artist who was ultimately limited and eventually forced out of mainstream work due to his race. However, his children would have much greater success in America, particularly his daughter Sheila, thanks to hard work he put in despite the racism he faced. Ezra Clyde Jackson was born on August 15, 1926, the son of Jamaican immigrants, Albert and Olive Jackson, who had moved to Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, in New York City in the 1920s. He was the youngest of four children. His eldest sister, Edna, had died young. His father, Albert, was a carpenter who died on January 4, 1937, leaving his widow, Olive, to raise her two youngest children by herself. In 1940, Ezra Jackson attended the High School of Industrial Arts, graduating in 1944. The School of Industrial Art was founded in November of 1936 in the Upper East Side of Manhattan and noted for being a vocational school in the commercial art, providing instruction in illustration, cartooning, photography, clothing, and architectural design. It was also exceptional at the time for accepting students regardless of where they lived as long as they could pass the entry exam and didn't discriminate based on race. To date, it has had numerous esteemed alumni and faculty from Joe Orlando, Alvin Hollinsworth, John Ramirez Sr., and Joe Maduria. Upon graduating, Jackson started working at Leonard B. Cole's comic shop in 1944, where he was paired with Maurice Whitman, an older white artist who had just been discharged from the Army for flat feet. Working together, Whitman did the penciling while Jackson did the inking, which was reflected in how they signed their work. Traditionally, the penciler's name comes first. For example, they signed their work Whitman Jackson on such work as Contact Comics No. 5 on March 1945 and Patches Comics No. 1 on March April 1945, which featured stories like The Secret Seven about a group of kids led by the title character, Patches, and his grandmother. Included in this group of friends was a black boy named Jimmy, and it's notable that he's not treated any differently than the rest of the gang, and his race was never even mentioned. Jackson also worked alone doing Suspense Comics No. 9 in August 1945 with the story Sentence of Death, while still collaborating with Whitman on Airboy Comics under uh, Whit Jackson and Classic Illustrated No. 36, April 1947, with a story based on the Herman Melville's teepee that was based on his experience as a castaway on the Nukohive Island in the South Pacific, where he lived with a tribe to practice cannibalism. On the latter book, Jackson was the penciler this time, and thus they signed it Ezra Whiteman, which was a play on their interracial partnership. Jackson left mainstream comic books afterwards, as World War II was ending, with many white artists were returning to their jobs, forcing black artists like Ezra Jackson out. Jackson would move into a flat above a restaurant at 1732 Amsterdam Avenue in the Bronx, where he met Avalita Bennett, who was a seven-day Adventist like himself. They married in 1949, and Ezra would become an elder at his church, while Avalita graduated from Oakwood College and become a nurse, serving at the Salvation Army Booth Memorial Hospital in 1957. The couple will have two children, Sheila and Michael. Of note, Jackson's daughter is current Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, who is currently represents the 18th District of the State of Texas. Ezra Jackson later received a chance to get back into comic books through Fitzgerald Publishing and its founder, Bertrand Fitzgerald, and its enterprising new black publisher, who accompanied an idea to tell black history through comic books. After receiving sponsorships from companies like Coca-Cola, Fitzgerald launched Golden Legacy, a 16-issue series that lasted from 1966-1976, ultimately publishing 9 million copies and featuring stories such as black historical figures like Frederick Douglass, Alexander Dumas, and Robert Smalls. 
For his part, Jackson worked alongside fellow black artists Tom Feelings and Joanna Bacchus on the Golden Legacy series with issue number three in 1968 about Crispus Atticus, a black man who was the first to die at the Boston Massacre on March 4th of 1770, and thus many consider him the first patriot to die in the American Revolution. Jackson then worked on the story of Benjamin Banneker, featured in issue number four, who was the son of a former slave who became a noted abolitionist, mathematician, and surveyor, the last which allowed him to help establish the original borders for the District of Columbia, the capital of the United States. Then Jackson worked for uh, Myron Fast in the 1960s for his MF Enterprises imprint, where he was tasked with redrawing his black and white horror magazines to make them even scarier and gorier. He also worked for MF on the more respectable Great West magazine. Sadly, this would be his last work as Jackson died on June 2, 1966 from prostate cancer, noted for his devotion to family and his church, along with his artistic talent. Being, besides leaving a legacy of great art and comic books, it should also be noted that his daughter, Sheila Jackson Lee, is a representative of the U.S. United States Congress, a true step forward considering her father was once forced out of his own profession due to his race, and it is by the work by Jackson and many others like him that has made such things possible. I would like to thank the chief source for this episode, Invisible Men, the trailblazing black artist of the Golden Age by Ken Quattro, which features a great biography of Ezra Clyde Jackson and other Golden Age black artists. A must-read for any comic book fan. Look, we gotta talk. Yeah, Thunder Talk. We're going all kinds of sideways with that sweet nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. It's topical. Political. Dare I say radical. We've got all your latest news and reviews. Hot music. And a whole lot of comedy. But it ain't for kids. Definitely mature content. So let's talk. Let's talk Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. And now it is May 20th, 2021, time for the favorite comic book of the week. We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number six, by Yao Ewing and Simone DeMaio, which uh, starts a brand new story arc that picks up uh, years after the cliffhanger of issue number five that finds a cult has been built around a new god that has appeared that looks just like George Malick's, our hero from the last uh, issue. And uh, he also reveals this universe now that gods have stopped appearing and he was the last one. This is a great new story that actually builds into the great mystery of what the gods are and where they come from. As now we're going, well, wait, what happened to George Malick's and how is he, how is there this god that looks just like him? It also brings in some great old characters and neat twists and turns about this new cult that's surrounding this god who we practically worship him and so forth. And shows like, yeah, when the universe was built on people literally carving up the bodies of giant dead gods and suddenly disappeared, that scarcity caused a lot of crazy things happening. Ewing's uh, story, of course, plays into all this great science fiction way, while DeMille's art is epic and gorgeous and really does a great job of, once again, showing these gods and all of their crazy, scary majesty. It's, it's one, yeah, easily one of the best science fiction comic books on the stands. Um, great to see this thing back up, and uh, this new story arc is definitely it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a page-turner right there. So, yes, yeah, so we only find one in dead, number six, the favorite new comic of the week. And with that, we'll conclude with this another episode of uh, Classic Black Artists of the Golden Age of Comic Books. Join me again next week. We'll bring in a new biography. Until again, come back. And until then, go and enjoy yourself a good comic book. <laughs>